Thank you, most heavenly God. We thank you for this Advent season. We thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit and all that is here, that is present, all that is going forth. Lord, we just ask that everything be said anew and afresh, that it be done decently in order, and the things that you want done have been done according to your will and your way. Lord, we just lift up all the families that are grieving from loss, death, and situations that were beyond their control. Lord, we just thank you for them waking up this morning and hearing your call. Lord, we just ask for your guidance in everything that we do at this point. Lord, touch this sound system. Let it be sounding like you need it to sound. Let it resound. Let your undying love, Lord, touch this whole community. Let it touch this southeast corridor. Let it renew and restore the Gulf Coast. Not make it like it used to be, Lord, but make it what it needs to be right now. Lord, move me behind the cross that the wisdom that you place in my heart this day be a blessing unto all who are gathered for your presence to hear the word of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You know, there's times when things occur as distractions and we just have to ask all distractions to flee. There are situations that will come into your space and you ask yourself, why now, Lord? But just press on. Lectionary provides us with four different passages every week from the Word of God. The great thing about lectionary is it's a disciplined way of traveling through the Bible in a three-year period. We have the Old Testament reading. We've had the Gospel reading. And I want to bring forth the readings from the letters of Paul. So I will gather the message through those three passages, and I hope that the Lord will touch your heart this day. Turn with me to First Thessalonians chapter 5. Verses 16 through 28. It says 16 through 24, but 28 is so good we just want to go all the way to the end. And see what the Lord thus says to us this morning. 16 simply says, Be joyful always, pray continuously, give thanks in all circumstances. If you have your study Bible, just highlight all circumstances. But this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Underline, do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Under my coming of our Lord. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Brothers, and I've just put in there, make it a little more global. Brothers and sisters, mom and them, all the kids, everybody. Amen. Pray for us. Greet all of us. One another. Cousins, first cousins, slave cousins, your brother, your sister, everybody with a holy kiss. 
I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read before all the brothers and sisters and people and friends and multi-denominations, therefore, of Jesus Christ. And the good part, it says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. But this message had to really reflect anything. I'd say, put your hands around that first verse. That 16th verse simply says, be joyful away. Can you imagine the transformation of the world if every Christian gathered that thought and let it gravitate through their whole being every hour that they could breathe? Be joyful always. It didn't mean you don't have any sadness. It won't be a thing where you don't have any situations that will just... But be joyful that way. And then it goes on and says, pray continuously. We talked about in Bible study this week how important it is that we pray continuously. We often say that when they took prayer out of school, that the schools turned upside down. No, I say we have an opportunity as Christians to turn it right side up. We have to tell ourselves that just because we can't say it out loud and proclaim it from the top of our hill at the corner of the locker room in the lunchroom, we can still keep praying. Oh, yeah. They can't stop you from praying without ceasing. They can't stop you from standing before your classroom or your cafeteria line people and anything else. They just pray in your spirit. All that these children will be changed. All that the spirit of the Lord will ride upon and change and renew their hearts. All they will get to know that who God called them to be. I see the doctors. I see the lawyers. I see the teachers. I see the preachers. I see the scientists. Because if the truth be told, somebody proclaimed something over us. Oh, yeah. Though they could pray, we can still pray now. So the first thing is don't stop praying. Even if you can't pray in public like you used to. You can't stop my effort. You can't stop my praise. You can't stop what the Lord is doing. You can't stop what He's put in our hearts to say, pray without ceasing. This is the second, the third week of Lent. Bad than I mean. Lord, I'm just all the way to Easter. I had the king born and I'm already to Easter. But this is the third week of Advent and the expectation is that we would have a spirit of discernment. If you've been reading your devotional, and those of you who are visiting with us, we have some Advent devotions. I think it's come out front that if you haven't gotten one, they're really great daily devotionals. And the good thing about them is just enough words to say, why did they have to go there? (laughs) But this week is about looking at having a discerning eye. That's what we're walking into this next week of Advent. It's about having discernment in our spirit. And so, well, that's good, Pastor, but what does it have to do with what we read today? Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The mystery of our faith challenges us to be tested. 
we walk by faith and not by sight. A lot of times we're, we're afraid to say out loud, that's a little dangerous Jesus. Oh, I don't want to go that way. But he says, that's the only way I have a home. All right now. All right. I don't like 69. I've never drove, drove up 69. I don't know why. We, I need to cut over to the side. He said, drive that away. All right. All right. But what if I don't get there? And, and what if it takes longer than I thought it was? And what if? And what if? He said, drive this away. All right. The important part is. He gives us the life. Amen. That's why we look at the gospel message of God. That's why we look at the first and those verses that simply say, There came a man yeah. who was sent from God. Yeah. His name was John. He came to witness and testify that there was life. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to imagine if we take all the lights out. And only left the camera. Could you still see in here? Because the natural light which streams through these beautiful windows designed by this man. The natural light given by God which seeps through the crack and just peep in this room. But when the night came and we turned out all the lights, the light of God will still shine through. This one candle would light this whole sanctuary. That's how precious it is to know that the light of God is here for you. That's why it's so precious to realize that the light of God is not a mystery that doesn't take away from us, but enhances our life. Because the light of God guides us down the pathway. I don't know if you've ever been in darkness. I don't know if you've ever been in darkness in an elevator. One time an elevator stopped and all the lights went out and I was in the elevator and I realized, am I claustrophobic? <laughs> am I shocking? And I kept saying, focus on the emergency light. And suddenly that little teeny emergency light in the elevator became my way of saying, come there. <laughs> the elevator starts to... And I was in the back, and there was a lot of people in that elevator. And one last person got on, I said, they shouldn't have got in <laughs> And I'm way in the back, and I'm like, oh. When the door started up, we hadn't even moved. The elevator hadn't gone anywhere. It just said, y'all put too many people in here. And when it opened back up, somebody said, oh, it's going to work now, man. Let, let me out the back. <laughs> it was tight up in there. So the darkness and the tightness, but still the light of day, made me be encouraged that God is still God. Yesterday, Mr. Shelby Lee's service was uplifting to me. But a young lady said that family lived across the street from Mr. Lee. And Mr. Lee would watch their house at night. But in the beginning of the morning, he would go and turn off the porch light. Not from the switch, but from the bulb. I said, now that's a brother with a tough hand. Lights been on all night long. 
He just walks over to the floor, turn the light on, I say, oh, <laughs> But the exciting part about it was the fact that he had been the life for this thing. They knew, even though their parents had to work, and even though they were in the, they weren't alone because God had sent a light, and the light was watching them across the street. The light was watching them from heaven. The light was caring for them in a mighty way. That's what it means that we can't even touch the sandals. That's what it means. Like we talked last week, that John was only the opening act. He wasn't the man. He wasn't the king. He wasn't the most high God. He wasn't the baby that we're waiting for. But he said, get it together because I'm going to baptize you. Make you a part of the family. But it's the light of who we're waiting for. So I want you to face this day how important the light of God is in your life. Whether you suffer death, whether you suffer the loss of your home, whether you're living in a trailer and you are getting tight with the people who you live. <laughs> when Hurricane Katrina was going on, there was two sisters in if, if, if I told you their name, you would know what I was talking about. But it was these pair of shoes. And the sister that lived in New Orleans said those were her shoes. And the sister that lived in Port Arthur said, no, they love my shoes. But then when they got evacuated again, somebody said, who got the shoes? Well, now the sisters have settled and they're living up in humble area and they live across the street from each other and they said, we're going to have a testimony with these shoes. I said, go on with the bad stuff. They said, because we just walk across the parking lot here, the shoes to the sister when it's her day wear, her brown outfit. And if I walk back across, and so I said, when these shoes finally be able to speak to somebody, that these are shoes of testimony. So we have to understand that how we walk with our life, how we God and my God to move us in the life. Somebody's watching us. And our testimony of life ought to be shining bright. If those shoes could shock, they say to them sisters, girl, we done went a long way. We done been to New Orleans. We done been to Port Arthur. We done been to Silby. We done been evacuated. Now we in humble. I mean, we just traveling. But can you imagine the light of God doing the same thing through you? Can you imagine being the light on your God? Can you imagine if you just decide this week, I'm going to rejoice always? Can you imagine if you you get to the hospital and you say, why is she looking like she's just a bowl full of excitement? I just praise the Lord for the surgery that's been done. I praise the Lord for the hallelujah. Shout about praise. I praise the Lord for the fact that when healing is coming down on her, I just praise the Lord. And you just look at that surgery and say, surgery, you don't know the God I know. But I hope you know him. And if you don't, I want to introduce you to the most high God. Because when you touch my husband, you need to be ready for the miracle to come on that Can you imagine walking into the nursing station and saying, now look at yeah, look ahead. I saw the most high God. Don't be over here being moping and everything over my husband. You better shout with the joy of the Lord. It's an attitude 
the judgment in the name of Jesus. Where do you rejoice? Where do you let your light shine? Where do you tell somebody, baby? It's all good. We would tell somebody, thank you, Jesus, for the storm. Because I wouldn't have thrown out some of this stuff because you got it wet. I had to throw that. Thank you for cleansing out the closet or the garage or that part of the back room that you said I was going to really get to that next year. But he said, you'll get to it now in the next year. You know that wall that you've been wanting to paint and that's the one that got towed up? If the truth be told, you just ain't gone with that wall. I never liked it, that color anymore. I look forward to the new light and the new day and the new color. And if you love somebody during the storm, their light is still shining. If you're sitting right across from that wall, look at that window. That's her wall. If you're sitting wanting to praise God for what she brought in your life, the lessons that were taught by those who passed away are always in our heart. Listen and seek the light of day. Don't get confused. He's not Elijah. Don't get confused. He's not those other men. But I tell you, he's the king of all kings. He's the Lord of all lords. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's my Savior. He's your Savior. He's the Savior of this world. So if you haven't been touched by the light, stand with us this morning and say that I'm afraid. This little light of mine. Yeah, it's an old song. Yeah, it's a song you used to sing when you was a little child. But break back the child like you put a kid in your heart. And shout and sing for the light of day. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Take my baby.